Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Believe in the Houston Texans. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. I am one part of your show, Ruben Colville. I go by Mr. 713. I'm with my guy, Harley Dugan. He goes by the lead. Harley, it has been an eventful past couple of days for the Houston Texans. How is it going, man? Dude, we're excited over here in H, man. We are excited. Training camp has been pretty fun, exciting, been with the fans, rocking with them, rocking with the owners, Mm -hmm. rocking with some front office people. We get our names out there, man, and and it's always good to throw our names out there. We represent the Believe Network. They're proud of us. So, you know, let's continue on and let's get into whatever we got today. There's a lot on the platter. Speaking of Believe Network, shout out to them for allowing us to go to Houston Texans training camp. And this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Jump into the action right now. Use our promo code BLEAV for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Now, me and Harley have been in every single open training camp practice that the Houston Texans have had to the public. So, guys, you make sure you are following us on our Twitters, our Instagrams, our TikToks for the latest. Houston Texans news rumors and updates and Harley um one of the things that I've noticed right off the bat is there has been a line for every single training camp open to the public the first one was on Friday and it was about half a mile long there was one on Sunday that was a mile long how this crowd it it feels so good man to be in a packed training camp it does man uh that he ain't no joke, and the people, they do not care. <laughs> they do not care, man. Sunday was crazy. There was a lot of people, just to put it plain and simple, a lot of people. And there was a lot of people in Houston. There were a lot of people there representing the Texans. And, man, it felt good. Mm. You know, just like when you take a look around and, like, you're taking that picture, you're taking that video of all the people, and it's like, man, this feels good. You know, this feels, I can feel the energy again with the Houston Texans. I can't say that about them for the last two years. Uh, I wasn't even that energetic to say with Bill O'Brien as head coach. Now, yes, Deshaun and the whole team and everyone else, sure, they created, they pumped that energy there for me. Um, But there was a lot of lackluster losses that went the opposite way that just didn't work out for us. And everything else just turned on its heels and flipped it sideways and everything was going bad. I mean, but it feels good to see the people, Mm. man. It feels good. Training camp's lit. Training camp's exciting. We got the owners rocking with the people. We got the players talking to people. We got everybody doing their thing and we're rocking and rolling with it, man. We're rolling with the punches, getting our name out there. It's been absolute fun. Shout out to our owners, Cal and Hannah McNair. They do a great job of walking the stands every single practice. And you would not think those guys are the owners, how the way they interact with you. They are talking to you. We had a good conversation with them for about five minutes. And it's like everyone was just listening to what we were talking about. And you speak to Hannah, you speak to Cal, and they just sound like great people who want to have a winning football team again. They were passing out the Join the Swarm shirts that they are now selling on the HoustonTexans.com. And 
we were so blessed to be hand given them by owner Hannah McNair. Shout out to our owners, man. Oh, they were also at Monday Night Raw. Um, so hey, the Alpha Academy was at you know was at training camp. So, but I think the main thing that everyone wants to know here on the Believe Network is how is the open quarterback competition between the second overall pick in this year's draft, C.J. Stroud, and third-year quarterback Davis Mills. Harley, I'm gonna go to you. What were you? Day six? Day seven tomorrow? Yeah, day seven tomorrow. How are you feeling so far? about this quarterback competition look the competition i'm not gonna be i'm gonna be real man it's not much of a competition oh but actually it's, it's been kind of boring mm. let's be real both all three quarterbacks i'll, I'll group keenum in there too it just been average to below average quarterback play and that's also just the whole offense in general we'll get to the offense in a little bit later let's get to the quarterbacks Look, Case Keenum looks cool, calm, collected. It seems like he knows what he's doing in the offense. All right, he's worked in the system before, um, but there's nothing spectacular about him. There's nothing that, you know, you're going, oh, man, he, maybe he could start week one. No, you know, he's there to mentor, and he's exactly doing that. Enough of him. Now on to the QB competition in which Davis Mills, who has been inconsistent as hell, and inconsistencies have now led him to – back-to-back consistent days to have an average to above average quarterback play. And that's, you know, some nice throws to Nico Collins just this last day. Uh, And we've seen Davis Mills, you know, inconsistent as he is. I think he has a slight edge in the QB competition as Mm. of right now, you know, but it's not by much. You know, because then we go to C.J. Stroud. We all know he's a rookie. We all know we're going to have to, you know, bump and grind with C.J. Stroud. The the road is not going to be just nice and clean. It's going to be rocky. And me personally, and we already have displayed our opinions uh, many times on both of our YouTube channels. Make sure to subscribe to the 713 Houston Sportscast and the lead Mm. underscore H-O-U while you're at it. You know, where we have talked about the QB competition to ad nauseum, I still think it's ridiculous. I know Davis Mills has played a little bit better now than C.J. Stroud, especially in the two days in pads. Um, But at the end of the day, C.J. Stroud, the players acknowledge him. Shout out to Roman Reigns. Mm. They acknowledge him as QB1. You know, we heard Titus Howard just a few days ago talking about the quarterback C.J. Stroud, you know, and mentioning him as the guy they're running with. You know, we've seen C.J. Stroud take command of the huddle. We've seen him just have the ability to make almost any throw he has wanting to make. But, again, inconsistencies happen, and he's a rookie, and interceptions have happened, and he leads the training camp quarterback battle in interceptions, three to two. So, you know, the quarterback competition – it's fun, uh, it's engaging, uh, but it's also still worthless to me because at the end of the day, if I don't have C.J. Stroud week one, then I'm going to be very upset. I don't know about you. I agree with you on everything. But I think one thing that, you know, coming into camp, I think people had a little too much expectations 
for C.J. Stroud and just expect them to be lighting it up from day one. Mm-hmm. He has been inconsistent, but he hasn't been horrible. He has been, yeah. you know, for every bad play that he has, he has about two good plays, you know. And the past couple of practices is his first time in pads, mm-hmm. and that's where he thrown his three interceptions. The quarterback competition, I agree with you. I'm I'm still upset about it because Davis Mills isn't running away. And Cody Stutz said, if you know, if you ask him, it's two practices to CJ Stroud, two practices to Mills, and two practices where both quarterbacks look the about same. With Davis Mills, though, I could see him starting in the preseason. I think that the Houston Texans are really committed to this quarterback competition. And the first couple of days that we were out there, Harley, on Friday um, and, and Sunday, just Davis Mills did not look good. Didn't complete five passes in a row, his first five. And then the one that he did complete would have been a would-be sack by Boy Anderson Jr. This quarterback competition, the longer it goes on for me, I feel like it is still frustrating to watch. It is, man, especially when, you know, they're splitting reps 50-50, and then we're looking at it live and we're going, man, it's not even 50-50. It's not. You know, because it's more like 25% of the reps are to CJ and 25 of the other percent of the reps are to the running backs, you know. And so how much work is he actually getting? How much work is he actually improving in this offense, sure, he can ask everyone after practice, hey, what what can I do to improve? What what can I do to be better? You know, and that's mighty fine and dandy, and that's really good for Twitter, and that's really good for the optics, you know, point of view for him. But if it doesn't translate onto the field, it's pretty much pointless. You know, there's many hardworking quarterbacks out there that have asked for, you know, uh, someone else's advice or the de- defensive coordinator's advice, you know. It's good to see that from your rookie quarterback, from your number two overall pick. Mm. I'm not going to shy that down, but, I mean, I need to see some translation onto the field. I understand the offense, Bobby Slowick. Maybe it's a little, uh, you know. Hot. Yeah, you know, it, it could be tough to grasp, um, especially as a rookie. I thought someone in TJ Yates grasped it pretty fast, but that was because he played through various amount of head coaches in college, mm-hmm. you know, so he's learned different playbooks. So he understood it like that, you know, cause I know people are going to be like, well, TJ Yates figured it out fast. You know, that team was also pretty damn good too, mm-hmm. you know, and that is light years away from what this team can be. You know, they have the potential to become that. Uh, but CJ Stroud, Hey man, like you said, he's a rookie. Maybe the expectations are too heavy, but, you know, he's second overall pick, man. The expectations were going to come regardless. I think the longer this quarterback competition goes on, that there's a good chance Davis Mills might be starting come come against the Baltimore Ravens. And I say that because, once again, we haven't really seen anyone really run away with the QB1 spot. It's not Mills, and it's not Stroud or Keenum. So the question is, if you keep on having these uncertainties practice after practice, and if you don't think that C.J. Stroud's ready, I could see the Houston Texans going to Davis Mills. And what a letdown that would be if it is Davis Mills against the Baltimore Ravens week one. Yeah, you want to deflate 
the energy that I keep trying. The electricity is what mm. I've mentioned. Because it's there. It is there. But it is all there when C.J. Stroud is in at quarterback. Because you see the, ooh, ah, the moments that these fans, their eyes are glued to number seven. And when it comes to Davis Mills, look, we're not the only ones, all right? We're not the only ones that have the camera up for C.J. Stroud and the camera back down for Davis Mills. You know, as much as we joke about it, you know, these fans are feeling it the same way. You know, they know what they saw from Davis Mills. Mm -hmm. he, there's nothing, like, there's nothing else that he can show me. He is what he is. He's a backup quarterback. He's going to be a journeyman backup quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. He's going to make crap tons of money. We've mentioned that before. Chase Daniels, hey, he loves himself as a backup quarterback. He's not complaining. Made himself some good money. Good money. Davis Mills uh, starting week one sucks. It's pointless. It's boring. Uh, and it's the complete opposite of what this team has done this offseason. They haven't been boring. They haven't been worthless. They have been a team that take risks. We saw it with the Will Anderson trade all the way to three. You know, that's a risk team. That's a risky move to make for this team. Probably the biggest thing that this team has ever done in their franchise besides, you know, trading up for the redacted quarterback that I mentioned earlier on this podcast. So, you know, as much hype that brought, uh, the Texans bring in D Davis Mills, it feels like the equivalent of that situation of a Tom Savage handing the baton to a Deshaun Watson. I don't want to see Savage out there. I don't want to see Davis Mills out there for a half of football, him getting killed just for him to pass it on to C.J. Stroud, and all of a sudden the offense can move like nothing. I mean, I don't want that. That's disgraceful. I don't want to see it. It should be C.J. Stroud. And that's why this quarterback competition, the longer that it goes on, the more frustrating it gets because, like you said it before, 25% goes to CJ, the other 25% goes to the running backs. And with no clear wide receiver win on this Houston Texans team because everyone had a drop pass from CJ Stroud yesterday. Nico Collins fell down on what would have been a first down. And it's who is going to be the number one wide receiver for the Texans? Because so far we've been hearing great things about Tank Dell, about Xavier Hutchinson. But I think one of these veterans, man, it's it's kind of uh, discouraging that we haven't really heard one of them really step up. I think what makes it more discouraging is that a guy in Noah Brown, who mm -hmm. was like wide receiver three, four for the Cowboys last year, has came into training camp and arguably looked like the best receiver out there. And that's pretty upsetting, you know, and that's a testament to the wide receiver group. We all knew that there was a question mark at wide receiver in the position. You know, Robert Woods didn't do nothing to me, mm -hmm. you know, in training camp where I'm going, oh, okay, I can respect him as my wide receiver one, unlike a Brandon Cooks who used to be here I could respect Brandon Cooks as wide receiver one. I can't do that for Robert Woods. I never liked I, – I never wanted him here to begin with. But, mm. you know, I understood it. And maybe I just coped with it because of the veteran leadership that he brings. But I just – I thought Robert Woods was cooked, to be honest. 
Nico Collins, uh, it's been up and downs for Nico. Sure, there's some bright plays that come about from him. Um, but, I mean, consistency is a big thing with him. Uh, he looks apart. I mean, we saw him at training camp. My Huge. goodness. He's a freak. He looks like a freak. Doesn't play like one. I mean, I need to see more from him. I need to see it translate onto the field. One of the, the, the biggest guy that I think is an X factor for this wide receiver group is John Mechie. Mm. And John Mechie looked really good. And we didn't get to see him Friday, but Sunday we saw him. And, boy, shook, absolutely shook Desmond King's ankles. My goodness. It was We're still on the field over there, man. Yeah, I mean, we. I think we got a picture of it. I think you got the picture of it. I mean, my goodness. You had to go back there and go grab the damn cleats that were on the damn floor. I mean, that was ridiculous. Tank Dell is electric, as we always been. We're not going to harp on him just because – We've talked about him so much. He's been fantastic. All right. It's good to see him. And I need to see more. All right. I need a wide receiver group to go another level. I don't think they have another level. I mm. don't. Uh, and that's sad to admit, you know, but it goes, you know, we, we can go back and, and I hate to talk about it, but you know, DeAndre Hopkins would have been so bad in he's Texan uniform. Bro, he would have looked so great. And you know, you, that also ties into the quarterback play being bad because they've also played bad for Davis Mills. They play bad for Case Keenum. Case Keenum's best throw of the day on Friday was a drop pass by a wide receiver. And it's like these guys, they need some help. DeAndre Hopkins would have helped out a lot. And here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not worried about the offense per se because they still make plays against a D'Amico Ryans-led defense that is absolutely flying everywhere. Right. I feel like so far, every quarterback has had a moment of success. Mm -hmm. The offensive line looks fantastic. Uh, Kenyon Green looks better every single day. Shout out to him. There was so many questions about Kenyon Green. We are seeing Scott Quisenberry play decent at center. Juice Scruggs has been running with the seconds. And Titus Howard and Lerman Tons were just locked down. You know, locked down. I think DJ B enemy said that. You could tell, you know, when they are off the field because their backups are just not being able to do anything. Uh, Dalton Schultz almost died on Friday. Um, it was a pass up the middle, and Jimmy Ward just takes Fantastic. off his head. And this is without pads, so we heard it. And Fantastic. he was down for about five minutes. Everyone was quiet except for some guy who was just screaming from the crowd. But Jimmy Ward, I that? mean – you're, you're talking about setting the tone for practice. Jimmy Ward is going to be electric here for this defense and for head coach D'Amico Ryans. Jimmy Ward is him. All right. I, I want to see some football, man. I want to see. I, I'm horny for football. We are football yep. horny. All right. And, hey, man, he lit his ass up. Dalton shows, you know, rub a little dirt on it. Get his ass in the blue tent. Walked around, got the helmet back on, mm. and he was out there later in the field. All right? Ain't nothing wrong with it. I need to see more from it. Everyone – see, that's what I laugh. Everyone's like, oh, man, we got Jimmy Ward. When Jimmy Ward's – we got him so he can lay some hits. Well, he just laid a hit, and everyone's upset. I don't understand it, man. Come on, man. Come on. Give me Jimmy Ward, Jalen Petrie. I need them – I need those dogs back there to be barking. They bark all day. 
they be barking all day at training camp. They are the they gotta be some badass trash talkers. I wish I wish we could hear it more. Mm. You know, man, it'd be great to have like a and, and this is just spitballing here, but you imagine, you know, how D'Amico was mic'd up. It would be great that if that audio was like Played. at the bleachers that we're in, you know, so we could hear what they're saying. That would be fantastic. I mean, my goodness. Give me more of Jimmy Ward. Inject that into my veins. We're your football horny. Man. It, it, and then not only was he about to take his head off, but Jalen Petrie was right there with him. And Jalen Petrie might, might, might be the best player in camp so far. He is everywhere. He is making plays. He is getting sacks. This secondary with Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie, Derek Stingley, Steven Nelson, who we're about to talk about in a minute. I think we're going to have an elite secondary, bro. And I think it's not. And I think we're going to be up there because we are flying all over the field. And when our backups come in, it looks like we don't skip a beat. Yeah, I mean, I know we just talked how bad the wide receiving group is. And a lot of that is because of the secondary, too. Um, The secondary has been fun. They have been flying everywhere. Steven Nelson, who you mentioned, we'll get into in a little bit. Fantastic. Derek Stingley. Sure, a little some, some play here and there where he got, you know, not – I wouldn't say burnt like my comment section. He's there step-by-step step for most of these guys. Safety hey, over the top is not complete. Exactly. You know, I mean, one of the plays, you like you said, it would have been a sack, you know, so does that really count? I mean, it's fine for training camp. I'll say that. Um, but the second, the safeties, I mean, Jimmy Ward, Jalen Petrie, there's nothing else to say. They're just badass. I mean, they trash talk. They're everywhere. They fly. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun year to watch this secondary. The strength of this defense is the secondary. Easy to say. And why we bring up Steven Nelson is because, in my opinion, he has been the best cornerback so far in training camp. No matter who he is going up against, he is locking them down. And with so much drama, not really so much drama, but drama just by him, putting all that stuff on Twitter. We threw some jabs at, uh, at Nick Casario. We started a sweater vest chant, and our boy Harley, the boss he had, said, hey, Nick, where's your sweater vest? And Nick turned around and said, it's too hot. But shout out to Steven Nelson for coming in and being the best cornerback so far. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. I have no problem. Because usually when I'm wrong, it means the Texans are doing good. <laughs> and, and so, what hey, a backhanded I, fucking <laughs> being humble moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't mind being wrong. I don't mind eating some crow. All right. Steven Nelson has looked fantastic. Fantastic. I I said, man, Shaq Griffin might go and take his spot. Hey, uh, have you heard of Shaq Griffin? It's mm. been cricket noises for me with Shaq Griffin. And, you know, I was just listening to 610, and they said the same thing. You know, and I said this on, I believe, one of my videos just uh, day six uh, of training camp. And I was like, and I haven't even heard of Shaq Griffin. Where's mm. Shaq Griffin at? I've seen Desmond King, you know, yeah, they're blowing bad play, but I've seen him make some good plays. I've seen Jalen Petrie. I've seen Jimmy Ward. I've seen Derek Stingley. 
many times seen Steven Nelson. I mean, he's got interceptions. He's doing his staying. He is making a point to the Houston Texans to pay him. And he's and, really excited about it. Yeah. You know, he talked his shit, and then he got done with it. Now he's on the field, and he's translating it on the field. And, hey, I can respect that. I can respect that. Go out there and make that money, man. He wants that extension. I might think about it. And that now I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe maybe he deserves an extension. Pay me, Rick. on the years. Pending on years. What's up? Pay me, Rick. <laughs> Hit him with the Dante Robinson, man. They, if, if you know, you know. Shout out to Dante Robinson. Mm. Shout out to Storm for the picture. Had the picture of the cleats. He's ready. He tweeted. He tweeted the picture of the cleats. I started laughing. You are a real Texans fan. If you know, if you yeah. remember the the first drama the Texans ever had in their franchise history with a player who was good, Dante Robinson and Rick Smith. My goodness, that what a what a blast from the past. Some more standouts from camp. This whole linebacking group, I think, is. It has surprised some people. I said coming in that I was a little bit worried because outside of Denzel Perryman and Christian Kirksey, you know, there's not there's not really a lot of bodies in there. But over the past couple of days, Blake Cashman has made some plays, two interceptions in two practices. Henry Tuatuo and Christian Harris, they don't come off the field. And then when Denzel Perriman is there, bro, he is flying around. And not to mention just how jacked he looks. This linebacker group, man, is is insane. And D'Amico Ryan said it himself that the race is a little bit tighter than what people expected. Yeah, man. Give, I mean, we got to give Blake Cashman his flowers. Cash money. That boy, Blake Cashman. I mean, back-to-back deflections. Ended up getting an interception. He had a close interception on Stroud. And then he finally got one on Stroud the following day. I mean, Cashman has been, I think, their best coverage linebacker Mm. to date. Uh, He's just been outperforming everyone besides, I would say, Christian Harris. Christian Harris is 100% just – I I never see him off the field. I mean – that's baby D'Amico right there, man. Exactly. You know, and he, everyone's talked about, Brandon K. Scott mentioned, that his sideline to sideline speed is legit. You know, and that is just, it just makes me feel excited, man. You know, it's been a while since we had a linebacker like that, you know, probably since Kush, you know, and and, and that's. Give whew. B-Mac some flowers. B-Mac didn't have sideline to sideline speed. Now, young B Mac did. Okay, young young B Mac. I'll, I'll give him some love. First two I'll years, and then he lost it. <laughs> you know, he could never cover. That was always his thing. But hey, there was nobody. Him? Nobody right. was running on that defense with B Mac. Derrick Henry could never run against a, a wild as he did now, like he did against B Mac. He could not do that. I mean, B Mac set the tone uh, against the run for that defense. But, you know, I hope that Perryman and Toa Toa, you know, I hope those are your middle linebackers. As much as D'Amico Ryans was playing Christian Kirksey on Friday, we did he did not participate on Sunday. Um, and he hasn't been out there since. And it's kind of odd. Save five <laughs> mil by cutting him. 
Yeah, you know, I thought, because I saw him on Friday, you know, he's using him at the Sam linebacker position. So I'm thinking, oh, well, I guess D'Amico likes Kirksey. He must see something that we don't. Maybe he's going to utilize him in a different way. I had no problem with it. Um, but now all of a sudden, he's not there no more. Where he at, though? Where Christian got to put out APB on Christian Kirksey. He didn't participate Sunday. He wasn't dressed out and then didn't see him anymore for the uh, media training camp practices. So, you know, overall linebacking group, it's a work in progress. But, yeah, there has been some surprises. Switching to the defensive line, the star of the show has been number 51, Will Anderson, who was plus 400 for defensive rookie of the year. I'm smashing that. It's like every single practice, Will Anderson has a would-be sack. Consistently in the back foot, all up in, whoever the quarterback is face. Um, when he is taken off the field, he gets upset. He wants yeah. to play 100% of the downs on defense. And I have to say, man, Will Anderson Jr. makes his defensive line look a hell of a lot better. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Grenard, Jerry Hughes, you know, they're cool. They Jonathan Grenard's had that. a solid camp. He's had a solid camp, Jonathan Grenard. Uh, but Will Anderson is just – he's a specimen. I mean, nonstop, relentless motor. I mean, the chase down on C.J. Stroud from Friday, we were like, whoa, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, like getting to see him with your eyes compared to, you know, just highlights, video, film. You know, and getting to see it, see it live was like, oh, this dude's this dude's the real deal. Okay, okay. And, you know, all that chatter, all that chirping about trading up to number three, it's gone quite quiet now, huh? It's gotten a little quiet. All these people that were, oh, no, you traded the first-round pick that was your first-round pick. Oh, my goodness. This is horrible. The sky's falling on Chicken Little. Oh, well, bud. Now I haven't heard two peeps out of these people. Two words out of them. All I hear is Will Anderson. Oh, my goodness. And D'Amico Ryan's gushes about him, too. The, the, the You can definitely get wrapped up with the uh, Will Anderson as your defensive line highlights. I'm here to throw me some love. You know where I'm throwing that love at. You know where I'm throwing my love at. Big sexy. Oh, oh big boy, big sexy Roy that Mexican Lopez. OT. Big old nine one. Hit him up with him nine one. Give him his respect. Viva la raza, play. man. Give me some Roy Lopez action. He has been good. He's been good at camp. That this is great to see for me because, and it's not just because of him, obviously, but. The defensive line, our, my biggest worry was the depth at defensive line. This is without Sheldon Rankins, by the mm -hmm. way. Malik Collins has looked well. Roy Lopez has looked really good. Uh, and so all that is going to do was I was wondering who's going to be that other defensive lineman besides Rankins, Malik Collins, Hassan Ridgeway, who knows the scheme already. And then who is it going to be? Is it going to be Heinish or is it going to be Roy Lopez? And Roy Lopez, who's trimmed himself, looks a little bit leaner, still has the weight to him, but leaned out more. And, hey, man, sprinkle that D'Amico Ryan's pixie dust over him, and he's looking pretty solid out there. And that is the defensive line depth I needed. He was making plays in the backfield. Uh, one time he 
apparently on one of the media practices, uh, he batted down a pass, couldn't get to the quarterback, so he batted down a pass. The other time he got in the backfield and would have made a TFL on the running back. So, hey, I'm glad to see Roy Lopez doing his thing, man. I'm glad to see it. It seems like all these second-year guys are having an immediate impact with head coach D'Amico Ryans, right? Davis Mills yeah. is playing a little bit better. Yeah. Right. Nico yeah. Collins, we see like he is getting one highlight every single play. You know, Damian Pierce is just going to be a freaking monster there. Yeah. Yeah. Not worried we about don't even that. Talk about running backs. <laughs> John Menchie, if this guy is healthy, you need to start putting some expectations on him because I didn't have any coming back from cancer is hard as hell. But this yeah. dude, like I said, Desmond King's ankles are still there on the practice field. And one on one, I don't know anyone who's, you know, who's guarding him because he is nasty. And him and Tank Dell, they are so close together. Tank Dell said that they talk before practice, after practice. Can you imagine having two elite route runners for a rookie quarterback, CJ Shotman? Then the defensive players, dude. Like, it's crazy what a head coach can do to your team. And when you look at D'Amico Ryan's coach, the defense, right? Because when you're there, they like to start the defensive period close to the fans so the offense can finish it off for the day. It gets quiet, and everyone watches head coach D'Amico Ryans. And for about five minutes, he's with the D-line, then he's with the LBs, then he's with the secondary, man. D'Amico Ryans, you could see that it is him and every single part of this defense. And shout out to the Houston Texans for getting this higher right. Like you said a couple of weeks ago, it feels like we got the right one. Feels good, man. It feels really good. We all know the players were excited. Former players is what I mean. They were excited about the hire of D'Amico. Many former players were saying Texans got the right one. And that was that was good to see. That was good to feel. That energy, that press conference. I mean, if I could relive that press conference again, I mean, that was just pure hype for me, pure emotion. I cried. Mm. I mean, I felt it. I felt like, dude, Houston Texans got the right head coach. And it feels like we're on the path to getting what we want. And you know what we want. You know what this city wants. We want that Lombardi, baby. That's what we want. It's a work in progress. It's not going to happen this coming year. But, man, it feels good that you know you're in the right direction. What are you going to do when one day, if we hope, host up the Lombardi Trophy? First of all, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to let it out. I'm, I'm going to cry. cry. I am going to cry. And, and, you know, and, and, and I know people are like, oh, man, how do you get emotional over sports? Dude, and we talk Texans. I, I, I love my Texans. I love my Astros. I love my Rockets. And in 2017, when the Astros won the World Series, I cried. Yes, me and my it meant dad did so too. much. It meant so much to the city because of what everything happened. So they can say whatever the hell they want about asterisks or whatever. That championship just meant too much mm -hmm. to this city and what we were going through. Um, when the Rockets, I wasn't alive, you know, but when the Rockets won back to back, I could feel it. Like you could still feel that energy back then. You know, you kind of blow off the cobwebs, but. You know, with the Houston Texans, we know this. We said it before. Texas is a football state. Houston is a football city. And we saw the reactions 
to the redacted team that is no longer a part of us anymore uh, with the, with the love your blue era, mm. you know, but uh, the Texans, we saw a glimpse of it. 2011, 2012, we saw a glimpse of it. We saw how crazy stupid this city went. We saw how crazy stupid this city went in 2017, 2018, when we saw old J.J. Watt re-energize the stadium with a sack against Josh Allen to get all of that and finally point it to the right direction. I don't know what I'm going to do if that happens, man. I mean, I know I'm going to let one out. I know I'm going to cry. Um, but damn, I'm a party. I'm having a damn old time. And I know for sure, for a fact, I ain't going to work the next day. I might not it's go to work for the tough. next week. It's going to be tough to come down from that high. And let me tell you, if we win one before the Dallas Cowboys, woo, my voice is already loud right now. Boy, I will be chirping. I will be chirping in some ears. That's what I got to say about that, too. You know, it feels like, you know, we are both older than this team. Yeah, barely. <laughs> barely. It feels like we grew up with these guys. You know, yeah. we grew up with this organization. I could point to a moment in my life, whether it was good or bad, and I could tell you what was going on during that season of football. You know, that tight end. Um, and it feels like, bro, we are on the right track, and the only people who can mess us up is us. And this was a fire episode, man. And in eight days, we have a preseason game. That is going to be – dude, it's, it's, it's right around the corner. H-Town football is back. Make sure you guys are following me and Harley at the lead underscore Houston at 713 HSP. We will be there at pretty much every single open training camp practice that the Houston Texans have left. We've already met so much of you guys. It's been so much fun. So go Houston Texans, and you guys have a very blessed day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.